Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. I have this obsession with sociopaths. My latest favorite sociopath, Elizabeth Holmes. She was once with Billions, featured on the cover of Forbes, and now she's being called the millennial Bernie Madoff. She dropped out of Stanford at the age of 19 to start her own company, Theranos. She developed this tiny device that fits in between your thumb and forefinger that was supposed to test for a hundred to a thousand different diseases with only one drop of blood. And she swindled billions of dollars from people investing into her company that was a total fraud. And now she's set to face trial for wire fraud and uh, she could be facing up to 20 years in prison. I really would love to have interviewed the real Elizabeth Holmes for this podcast, but she says no like 640 times. I mean, I just read an article about that. So I got the next best thing, Lindsay Deming, who parodies Elizabeth Holmes. She's a comedian and an improviser here in Los Angeles. So this should be a really fun episode for everyone to listen to. But first, a word from our sponsor. Nurse Backpack is a free mobile app designed to help nurses and nursing students manage both their credentials and careers. The app is awesome and very easy to use. You take a photo of your credentials, licenses, immunizations, and other documents, and it's all stored on a secure cloud-based server. The app allows you to set up two different expiration date reminders so you can get a notification on your phone before anything ever expires. Nurse Backpack will even build a resume package for you. If you input your work history and specialties, then the app will package everything together into a professional PDF for you to send to anyone, allowing you to apply to your dream job with one click of a button. With Nurse Backpack, you never have to worry about losing another document missing a shift due to expired licenses, or keeping track of all the paperwork. The app does it all for you. Click the link in the description at the end of this podcast to download the app for free today. And welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Elizabeth Holmes. Hi, it's so good to be here. I'm so glad you can make it on the show. I mean, I know how busy you are and all this crazy media cred that's going around about you. So, um, but I have to tell you, I am one of your biggest fans. I'm so obsessed with you. I'm so obsessed with Theranos. I'm obsessed with your stories. I can't get enough. I mean, I, I just am so fascinated at the fact that you were 19 years old going to Stanford and you just one day were like, fuck this. You dropped out because you got the JK Rowling's download to start a business. Yep. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I was taking my classes and I really found them quite pedestrian, honestly. Pedestrian? 
Yeah, they were, they were boring. You know, no one was, everyone was talking about, you know, what had been done already in the uh, chemical research industry. And I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to know where the, the, we could take the industry really and i had this great idea you know in a daydream really it came like a flash what i imagine maybe taking psychedelic drugs is sort of like and i knew that i needed to leave uh, stanford immediately so you left stanford and you got this idea for this blood product yes specifically this device that takes a drop of blood and can test about over 100 to almost a thousand different lab tests. Is that correct? Yes, uh, it actually really maybe even more, maybe millions of lab tests, honestly, from one small, I think millions of lab tests, lab tests that aren't even millions. Yeah. That, that don't even exist. Right. Right. Like diseases that we don't even know about yet. I was hoping that my device could identify. I don't like when people get sick. Basically, I had an uncle. I, I had an uncle and we used to go to the beach and he passed from skin cancer and I, I, no one could take me to the beach anymore. And that really upset me. So I wanted to figure out how to help other young nieces and nephews, you know, be able to go to the beach more with their uncles. Infinity. Cause then they would never die. That's the goal. That that's my number one goal. I don't, I really don't think people should have to die. Uh, I think people should really live forever. Uh, that's what Theranos is all about. Excellent. So I'm just going to segue a little bit and then we'll come back to Theranos. You come from a very prolific family. Your great grandfather, I believe, was a surgeon. Yeah. And your grandmother uh, comes from the Fleischmann family. So she's like the butter queen. So very prominent. And then your father also was involved in Enron right? Wasn't that kind of scandalous? So scandal runs in your family. Well, I wouldn't really say scandal runs in my family. I would say more like uh, prolific, game-changing disruptors. That's what we do in our family. And sometimes, yeah, there are consequences. Sometimes people get hurt. Sometimes millions and billions of dollars are wasted. but, but that's the cost we pay for ingenuity and innovation. I hear you. I was listening to this podcast um, that was about your life. It's called The Dropout. And I, I believe it was put on by ABC. Phenomenal, uh, phenomenal piece. Uh, and, and what I heard about that was uh, somebody that grew up with you and went to elementary school with you said that when you played kickball, Or when you ran, you were always the last one to get picked and the last one to finish, but you never gave up. So that's what you brought into your company. You never gave up. You never listened to the naysayers. You just kept on going. Yep. I I don't believe in quitting. Um, I feel like when you quit, you die. 
and that has been something that I've taken with me through my entire life. Uh, I, I start something, and w whether it's a worthwhile endeavor or not to society, to other people, even to myself, I won't stop until it's done. Fascinating. Also, one of your favorite games was Monopoly when you were growing up, and you always wanted to win. You never wanted to stop until all the money was gone. Yeah. Uh, basically, I uh, wanted to beat anyone to a, a pulp, honestly, that would play me. I don't care. I would challenge uh, five-year-olds when I was 12, and I would just tear them up a new one on the Monopoly board. Um, because, you know, it, to me, that was a simulation of my life. And I felt that if I could get good at it in the game Monopoly, that it would be pretty much a singe to do it in my real life. Of course. Manifest it. Amazing. So, Elizabeth, I learned something else very fascinating about you. You speak Mandarin. Yep, I do. I do. I, uh, I, I got an interest in uh, China as a young girl. We would go to Panda Express a lot, and I really liked the Kung Pao chicken there and their firecracker shrimp, and I thought, I gotta learn how to cook this. And of course, you know, uh, you learn how to cook by learning the language. So I started taking Mandarin lessons and, uh, you know, I, I somehow talked my way into a Stanford University summer program and I got to go to Beijing. And sure enough, I did learn how to cook a firecracker chicken in China. Fascinating. My favorite is orange flavored chicken. I just had some yesterday, but not from Panda. <clears throat> other place in South Central. But well, yeah. you should learn Mandarin then if you really I wanna... should. If I really want to learn how to cook, of course. That's awesome. So let me see. Just getting my questions all here for you. So starting Theranos, you started this company uh, basically to help people and not make them die, which is great. Uh, and you had all these amazing investors. You had the guy from Oracle. His his name is Larry Ellison. Uh, Tim. I call Draper. him Lair. I call him Lair Bear. Lair Bear. Yeah. That's Oh, wow. And Tim Draper was a uh, father of a childhood friend. Um, he was a prominent investor, VC yep. firm Draper Fisher Jurvetson. Uh, yep. And also um, the Secretary of State, George Schultz. You had um, Bill Clinton uh, and uh, Harry Kissinger. All these amazing, yep. amazing old men yep. that, that invested billions into your company. Do you have like a daddy fetish? Uh, not so much a daddy fetish. It's more like if you look at all the money in the world, uh, old men control pretty much all of it. And I got to tell you, uh, honestly, they're very easy to get money from. Uh, they love when you stare at them into their eyes and you don't blink and you just peer into their soul maybe give them a compliment or two and you'll get hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars from them i suggest you try something like that for your podcast i, if you I really need to want to take I need this to. to the next level i need to because i need people to donate 
some money. That's awesome. I'm going to totally try your tactics. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you need to get, you need to probably need to, get a blood test. I do. I probably need to get a blood test to see what kind of ailment is ailing me because I've been coughing on a couple of episodes. Getting back to you. So when people would see you walking around these with these old men at your job or at Theranos, they would secretly say that other people were going to be losing their inheritance. What did you think about that? Uh, they were right. Um, my One of my tactics was to sort of replace the grandchildren of my investors. And uh, I don't believe in inheritance. I think people should spend the money that they make in their life. And they should spend it on things that are going to change the world, not on, you know, giving it to some millennial to go to college and play. Or start a company. Well, yeah, they maybe their grandkids could start a company, but they they'd have to come up with a really good idea like I did, and they're probably not. So, so let's go into your idea, and um, so it's a drop of blood, it's supposed to test a hundred, a thousand, or even millions, millions, millions of diseases that don't even exist. Yep. So. You know, people that you had on your board, you didn't have any, you had no nurses, number one, which that's like terrible there because nurses, if, if you had nurses on your board, you would never have gotten this far because nurses are so empathic and they are truth tellers. Okay. Um, so you wouldn't have gone very far. You had well, nurses don't, nurses, had, don't yeah, understand, nurses don't understand the technology sector, and that's what I was going for. Nurses would be a part of this, but honestly, uh, my product was designed to replace nurses, uh, so I didn't need them on my board because I was designing a robot to replace them. And this is from a 19-year-old dropout from Stanford with no education, no medical background, no healthcare background. And you also got your boyfriend, this attorney, Sonny Balwani, oh. on. And he, of course, had no medical background either, which was perfect for your company. It really was because- Yeah, because was anybody a- with any medical background, like you had a few doctors on and they jumped ship. They were like, bye. But so nobody did. It was perfect. It really was. And what I loved about Sonny was that, first of all, he never said no to me. Uh, second of all, he was a great... Because you don't like people saying no to you. Absol- That's the thing. Absolutely not. Uh, you can't innovate when people are telling you no. If someone had told Thomas Edison no, we'd all still be you know, lighting our houses with candles. So... Absolutely not. I don't. I keep yes people around me, and Sonny uh, was great at that. He was also a fantastic bully. Uh, he used mob tactics, uh, threats, uh, threats of physical violence. So we, he and I together, were really able to keep our our staff in line. In fact, you went around, and one of your favorite songs that you would sing was "Can't Touch This." Yep. Can't touch this. Oh, no, no, no. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I MC Hammer. I would, every Thursday at 2.30 p.m., I would play it through the office 
speaker. Uh, it also went through people's headphones in their, you know, when they were on their computer, everyone had to stop, listen to can't touch this. And I walked around the office and sort of put on a little show for people. You know, we work hard at Theranos, but we like to have a little fun. Fascinating. Fascinating. So basically, you know, you also made your staff try the product, right? So they would prick their fingers and they tested their blood and and one time, twenty percent of your staff came out positive with syphilis. And yeah. so, so was that like an April Fool's Day joke? Because we have an April Fool's Day joke um, in the nursing world. Uh, one of my friends, when I used to work at Disneyland in healthcare services, we she used to play this joke where she would fill a urine cup full of um, apple juice and just start drinking it. We'd be like, "Ew, it's so gross!" Or she'd take a diaper and like smear it with um, peanut butter and just start eating from it. And we'd be like, "That's gross! Oh my gosh!" You know. So, so was it like a joke? Like, "Ha ha, April Fools! Everybody has syphilis." Uh, no, it wasn't a joke. Uh. I believe there were some sexual activities going on between my staff. Um, they had some parties on Friday nights where they would all get together. And I imagine something untoward was happening there. So I believe that probably more than 20% of my staff ended up with syphilis. Uh, so I don't think it was a joke at all. And uh, the jokes you were talking about that your nurses' friends played on each other at Disneyland uh, is another testament to why I didn't have nurses on my board. Um, we don't like jokes like that at Theranos. I know because you made everybody sign a non-disclosure, non-disclaimer that would come into Theranos. Yes. Uh, right. So they couldn't talk about really what was going on there. Yes. Correct? Yes. They uh, you even had security guards like 24 seven. You had special windows on yep. your home. Yep. Um, and you even had a nickname. Your nickname was Eagle One. Eagle One. Mm -hmm. And Sonny was Eagle Two. I was obviously number one. You can't be too careful in Silicon Valley these days. Everyone is out to steal your idea. And I knew that my idea was uh, basically the best idea since the Apple computer. So obviously people were after me. Uh, people would follow me. I would be walking down the street and... Uh, there would be someone walking behind me. I would go to the grocery store and there would be other people in the grocery store. And I just took that as a sign that people were after my idea. So I took all precautions uh, against my information getting leaked out. And that, you know, that's the price that uh, you pay. Wow, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I can only imagine what that was like. Um, here's the thing. So this guy, Tyler Schultz, he worked for you for about eight months. Uh, he was the grandson of George Schultz, who yep. uh, gave you lots of money. He was the one who exposed it because he was like, dude, I don't have syphilis. Because he, he, that was his last straw. And he sent you an email 
complaining about that and you really didn't care you told him to shut up and Sonny told him to shut up too because yeah. he didn't know anything you yeah. know he didn't have any medical background and so how would he know if he had syphilis or not right right um, and so that's when he started really making the noise and he got um john Carew, uh this journalist involved who yeah. exposed you yeah, again, that was all lies. Uh, that young man absolutely had syphilis. Um, I knew some of the people he was seeing, and they definitely had syphilis. So I'm not sure why, uh, why he came at me after that. Uh, but I wasn't having any of it. I, I got my legal team after him, and, and uh, that was just ridiculous and completely un, unfounded. Right, because much like Steve Jobs, who started Apple, who that's where you formulated everything from, it's like you were just weren't having it because you were bigger than life. So tell us about how you, your, your look how you formulated yourself uh, or how you care, put your character together because of Steve Jobs. I mean, was that someone who you looked after? I mean, what was it about him that you needed to dress like him and talk like him and act like him? Well, Steve Jobs is basically my God. Uh, every morning I say a prayer to him via uh, iMessage uh, and he's absolutely the most influential person that has ever existed. Uh, so, you know, it was a no-brainer. Uh, Steve Jobs wore black turtlenecks, and I thought, well, what a great look. And I put one on, and if you've seen a picture of me, you know I look fantastic in a black turtleneck. And also, I don't want to think about what I'm wearing. I need to spend all my mental energy into building these products that are going to help people and eliminate nurses. Um, so I decided I... I wouldn't think about my wardrobe anymore, and I would just wear the same thing every day. Interesting. I'm sure the Hollywood stylists would be just amazed at all the tips they could pick up from you. Also, your voice. You've been noted to have this distinct voice. I mean, you were on the cover of Forbes, and that's all they could talk about was your voice, your voice. Like, I've read several articles just you know, analyzing your voice. What's up with that? Is that your real voice? This, uh, I came out of the womb sounding like this. You know, doctors were honestly surprised when I was born because I didn't cry. I just let out sort of a low grunt. Um, but yes, my, when my voice changed, when I hit puberty and it got even lower, um, you know, people didn't like I was oh, a female and females are supposed to have these high voices, but you know, females are also not supposed to run billion dollar Silicon Valley companies. So, you know, I sort of proved them wrong on that. And I'm not sure why they're on the cover of Forbes, right? Right. You know, uh, women generally don't get as far as I do. And part of that's probably because of their high voices. Uh, so 
you know, I, I consider myself lucky to have been born uh, with a, a lower register voice. I don't quite understand why people care so so much about it, but uh, you know, they'll they'll focus on any little thing about you uh, just to to bring you down. Fascinating. So true. So true. So this carry you character uh he wrote a book called blood about you so he found that theranos blood testing machine named edison couldn't give accurate results uh so the theranos was running its samples through the same machine used by traditional blood testing companies also 2016 the fda centers for medicare and medicaid services and sec were all looking into theranos um and then you were banned in 2016 for from the lab testing industry for about two years uh, and then in October of 2016, you guys shut your doors or Theranos shut your doors. So, so tell us about that. How, I, I mean, you had huge companies believing in you, not only these billion dollar investors, but you had companies like Walgreens who uh, joined forces with you. I mean, you had set up shop in Walgreens and you started testing people. Uh, with their drops of blood. However, many people who were interviewed like on the podcast that I listened to were saying that their levels were out of control and they actually thought they had cancer or they had gotten sick again with whatever disease they had before, whatever illness that they had before. Um, then they went to get more testing because their physicians asked them to get more testing and they found out your test was a lie. How do you feel about that? Well, first of all, haters gonna hate uh, regarding my test. I will say that our tests were 100% accurate. Uh, we used the finest standards and those people out there uh, got their true test results from us. So, you know, they're out there using other services recommended by their physicians but really our test is the one true accurate test and what they need to do is take that information and research it themselves and find a physician that will work with them and help them with the the diseases that they actually have uh, webmd is a great resource for them excellent and wikipedia too wikipedia as well i i want people to take their health care into their own hands yeah yeah so in march of 2018 theranos you and sunny belwani you were charged with massive fraud by the scec uh and you agreed to up to give up financial and voting control of the company and to pay $500,000. But people are comparing you. They're saying that your fraud was worse than Bernie Madoff. Like you're, this guy puts you first on the list and Bernie Madoff comes after you with the, uh, the amount of fraud that you created. What do you think about that? Some people call it fraud. I call it disruption. Uh, I never committed fraud. Our product, Edison, was real and 100% accurate and 100% safe. I think this is a matter of uh, perception. People don't understand the technology. They, they didn't believe 
our test results. They didn't believe that we could do all of these tests with just a small amount of blood. And I think really what we're dealing with here is a system-wide denial. Uh, people don't think that our products were accurate and real and they think that we wasted their money and lied to them but really but elizabeth that's what you did i mean your products don't work you did steal money from people i mean you even pleaded guilty you're going to go back to court on april 22nd um you're facing up to 20 years in prison 250 more 250 in fines i mean it didn't work i mean but you still think it works listen if i fail 10,000 times, I'll get it right on the 10,000 and first time. They didn't let me finish my, uh, my job. You know, I, we were in the process of iterating this machine and of course it's gonna fail. That's how things work. You, do, you fail until you get it right. And I was just never able to get it right. Uh, I, I would have gotten it right if they would have let me try longer kind of just like you finishing those races it's like if you if the rate you know even if the race lasted 24 hours you would still run it until you finished it correct that's just exactly it's just who you are yes and this is like uh the system coming in and you know bashing my knees with a baseball bat uh, not letting me finish. Uh, so I, I, I think the real tragedy is uh, our criminal justice system and the fact that uh, anyone was even able to defy me. Uh, if, if I were let to finish my work, uh, everyone would be in a better place with their health care right now. But unfortunately, we have to go back to the way things are. People are saying you sound like a unicorn. I mean, uh, and, and it goes back to who you are as a person. You're like that typical Silicon Valley person. This is, this is something that I read about you, that you don't date, but we know that you secretly were dating this Sunny Balwani character. Uh, you're a vegan. You sleep very little. You quote Jane Austen by heart. You work nonstop. You dress like Steve Jobs, which we know. And uh, the New Yorker tells us several times a day she drinks a pulverized concoction of cucumber, parsley, kale, spinach, romaine, lettuce, and celery. Yeah. Huh. And many people would love to play Scrabble with you. So yeah, fast. but they would they would lose. Um, I, yeah, I might I might fit into this mold, but I am a unicorn because I am different in that I am the greatest inventor perhaps of all time, maybe right up there with Steve Jobs, maybe a little ahead of Steve Jobs. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you have to uh, drink pulverized vegetables to get there. And I'm, wi- I'm willing to do that. Interesting. Towards the end of your days before you were ousted, you bought a dog named Balto, but you let him poop all over the place you did you think you were so entitled that your employees that was part of their job one of your 800 employees was going around cleaning up dog poop i i'm not i i don't quite understand the question i i mean uh that's what employees are for uh i you know it, it extended beyond my own dog uh, i 
I didn't flush toilets uh, at, at my company. I would have my staff come in there and flush the toilet for me. Uh, sometimes I was so busy working that I wouldn't even go to the bathroom myself. And uh, I would just do my business right there in my office. And yeah, my staff would come in and clean it up and I'd keep working, changing the world. As a good CEO, sociopath needs to do. So not only, Elizabeth, did you swindle people, like especially very intelligent people, or as we think, intelligent people out of billions of dollars, you are now making it difficult for 857 people that share the name Elizabeth Holmes, who were not the creators of Theranos. Did you realize that? I think those women should change their names. Uh, there can only be one Elizabeth Holmes, and that's me. So if they had any sense about them, they'd walk their boots down to the courthouse and uh, file for a different name. Wow. You kind of know how that is. There is only one of me, Arcelia Pompilio. There's only one. So I feel for you. I feel for these women that can, you know, they're having trouble now. They're, they're afraid nobody's going to hire them. They're actually getting emails. They're getting Twitter uh, responses. They're getting phone calls from people who want to talk to you. But so where are you hanging out these days? I mean, I heard on that podcast that you're living in your parents' basement somewhere in San Francisco, I guess. And um, you are just, you know, people have seen you hanging out at a bar by yourself, no makeup, you look really mousy, you're wearing tennis shoes, um, you're not wearing your turtleneck anymore, and you were just sharing a glass of wine, and you look very depressed, and people actually felt bad for you. Well, that's probably because I had just come out of my sensory deprivation chamber, which is where I spend most of my time now. Um, you know, gathering new ideas and thinking about the next company that I could start. If you don't know what a sensory deprivation chamber is, it's basically like a, a big vat of uh, water uh, and salt water. So you're buoyant and there's a cover over it and you can't hear anything. You really can't feel anything, taste, smell anything. So I spend most of my days in a void of my own mind. Fascinating. Well, Elizabeth, it's been a great interview. Uh, I wish you well for your court proceedings. Um, and uh, so, so you have a new robot uh, yeah. thing yes. out, your yes. next invention, if you don't go to jail or, hey, you could run it from jail, right? I mean, you could do anything these days as long as you have a computer. Pff, could be yeah. with Wi-Fi. Yeah, basically, uh, we have a new device that is a cell-sized robot. You can uh, swallow it, and it basically will go, go in and fight any disease, because if, if we can't prevent the disease, then we need to fight it with guns, with uh with ammunition, with nuclear bombs, is if necessary. Uh, this thing packs some real firepower, and uh, it's called the Terminator. Uh, and I named that after another one of my favorite uh, uh, celebrities, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who of course played the Terminator. 
so yeah, we expect that to hit the market soon. I'm looking for investors. If uh, any old white men are listening, uh, please give me a call. Uh, we'd l I'd love to chat with you and tell you about how we can change the world. We hope to see you on the cover of Forbes again for that one. Excellent interview. Thank you so much, Elizabeth Holmes. We will be having a prayer vigil for you. You know, all the nurses, I'll get all my rogue nurse media friends together and we'll be lighting candles, having a little novenas for you, praying for you that all goes well with your court proceedings in the FDA, wherever you happen to end up in whichever okay. prison. Hopefully it's a nice one. Thanks, Ursilia. Uh, and I am going to be sending you a confidentiality agreement uh, so that you don't discuss anything that we talked about with anyone else. Of course not. Only all my billion listeners. Thank you so much again, Elizabeth. Th thank you. Good to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Lindsay Deming. Welcome to the program. And uh, yeah, that was just a parody between Lindsay and I, because again, as I said, I am obsessed with Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. And so uh, thanks for that. That's awesome. How did you get to parodying Elizabeth? It was a really uh, quick thing for me. I saw the HBO documentary uh, with Elizabeth. I didn't really know anything about her before that documentary. I had seen the ads, didn't quite know what it was. And I watched it and like you became fascinated with her. Um, and the idea to parody her sort of came in an instant. I was writing in my journal and thinking, what characters could I do? I need to get some new characters going. And just occurred to me, she's ripe, ripe yeah, for yeah. parody. Yeah, and the classic so many ways and more and more stuff keeps coming out that's crazy. oh my gosh i know you could just you could spend your life as an elizabeth holmes impersonator probably at this point I mean, the fleischman butter thing like her grandmother or great-grandmother was involved with fleischman butter hello right i mean somebody's got to make like a a sitcom with her you know or something Eating butter all day long you know she was just like loaded in butter like that was i'm surprised she she didn't i'm surprised she didn't invent something about coronary artery disease right that the butter could have caused right. you know to offset hey since my mom my grandmother invented or her family invented butter i gotta do something good for the world so they don't get coronary artery disease you know she should have done something like that right interesting yeah <clears throat> Yeah, so much uh, about her. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your comedy and improv career, because you do something with church, correct? Yeah, yeah. One of my main projects is called Church Night. It's a satire uh, of a church service. So it's a live show. And when you go, the whole thing is uh, set up like a church service from the moment you walk in, you know, we're the pastors and we're, we're just saying, hi there, welcome to the church, blessings and light, here's your program. We give everyone programs and then the show is like set up just like a church service. So uh, a friend of mine, Landon Letzkis, plays the pastor and I play the youth minister and another friend, Jeremy Frank, plays our altered boy. Um, and we have a lot of fun <laughs> parodying um, uh, church and having a lot of fun with sort of those tropes of 
people who pretend to be just and religious and, and sanctimonious, but really they're, you know, they're kind of evil people. They're kind of oh, yeah. bad people deep they're down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we serve shots and tots communion. So at the oh end God, of the service, I love that. Where do you do your show at? I would love to come. That would be so fun. We do it uh, still just on the East coast in oh. Washington, DC and in New York. And I'm still trying to find a good home for us in LA. We used to do it at nerd melt, which was this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Comedy room. Down. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So we're, I'm still kind of trying to find, a place that would be a good fit for us because it's a very like uh, uh, it's like a bar show honestly it works it works best in a bar so yeah that's my main jam and I also do uh improv comedy here in LA I I work out of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater mainly Um, so yeah that's my thing and I make a lot of weird little online things cool and you have you work for an app for uh yeah, for F- Funny or Die has this comedy writing app called Pitch, and it's, I would consider it more like a, a game for comedians. We give each other prompts, and then we respond to them with uh, what we think is funny, and then we all vote on what's the funniest one, oh, yeah, and it's so fun, and the content um, is sometimes uh, bought by um, different brands or, you know, funny or I will use the content in their social platforms or their videos. So it's, it's a suit. It's, it's basically a waste of time, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a way to flex the, the muscle a little bit. Yeah. Flex the comedy muscle. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for doing this parody with me and sharing my Elizabeth Holmes obsession and stuff. So do you have any upcoming shows uh, that you'd like to pitch or Um, talk about? Well, I'm not sure when the podcast is coming out, but Church Night, my show will be in Washington, D.C. on April 5th and New York on April 7th. And then I'll be performing at the Kennedy Center uh, in Washington, D.C. on April 13th for a show called The Time Machine Roast. I'm playing Marilyn and Monroe. So those are a few Fun. things I have coming up. Excellent. Another excellent character. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank and so uh, I wish you well. It was great meeting you. And uh, everybody follow Lindsay along. Her links will be at the end of our uh, podcast notes. Okay. Thanks once again. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs. We would so appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. And don't forget to download the Nurse Backpack app. It's free. It's easy to use. It's great credential management. It's secure. It's safe. It gives you expiration date reminders, puts together a resume package for you, and you get the ability to send documents and your resume to anyone. Go ahead, download the app today. The link is at the end of the podcast notes. Also follow us at Nurses and Hypochondriacs on Facebook, Nurses and Hypocon on Twitter, and on Instagram, we're under Rogue Nurse Media. Till next time.